Hey, hey, Practice Indie Fam Jam. It's Shannon and Jenna with this week's focus, which is Vidya. And I'll just share the, um, the short synopsis and then let Jenna take it away, which is Vidya is knowledge, the knowledge gained through study and practice. So Jenna, what is your hot take? So we're in the month of talking about illumination. And the question always is like, well, how do I reach illumination? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you keep going, every time you say that, I think of the minions <laughs> at the beginning of all Pixar films. And yes. they're like, illumination! <laughs> That's the best. Also, Pixar has really permeated millennials' whole perception of the entire world. Oh, I can't actually see anything and not think like an inside. Like, what are my core emotions yes. doing from inside well, out? Well, their very first... So, I don't know. This is like a real hot take and hot deep cut. But remember when they first started as a studio and they were still attached to like whoever they... I think it was Apple or whoever they were attached to. That their very first short was that light... Oh, oh yes. Yep. And it was on Sesame Street for the longest time because they were yes. like, we don't know where else to put this. And then like all of a sudden you realize like five years later, like, wait, this is Pixar and they made Toy Story. They went from like that light skit to basically running a lot of current animation. Okay, there is there's I won't I won't go too far, but if you haven't read Steve Jobs, the book about Steve Jobs, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, it goes into that whole thing yeah. because that was an animator for Disney that um that was his original short and like Disney was not seeing his potential and Steve Jobs was like, no, 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 hold up, hold up. This guy's a fucking genius. I'm to do me and, and he's, make a choice. I'm pretty sure he was also the one who created Toy Story. Toy Story yeah. was his baby and like, anyway. But speaking of knowledge and like the pursuit <laughs> and practice of yeah. knowledge, like is we can debate all day that Steve Jobs is a total psychopath. Like he was here to grow no matter, matter what. what. And he was going to make you grow no matter what, whether you liked it or not. And sometimes he wasn't super nice about nah, it. Nah, wasn't real nice about it. So, sorry, sorry. But I mean, but that's important because the pursuit of knowledge and the pursuit of Vidya specifically is the conscious choice. So... I want to back up and I want to point out that we get so tied into the idea that knowledge is just like badges on our Girl Scout sash that we can just keep putting on. Like when I master knot tying or like art, I'm going to get a cute badge. And Walking I, old people. And now I own the knowledge. Vidya and its counterpart, because everything in yoga has this like dual idea where you add an A in front of it and it's the, the not that, right? So Vidya as knowledge that's gained through practice. And then avidya, which is ignorance, misperceptions. The point of that, vidya in its simplest form, isn't just knowledge. It's not, I read a book and now I've got vidya. That's not really how it works. <laughs> vidya and avidya are conscious choices of a state of being. So the actual accumulation of like bits and bytes isn't important to either concept. The, what's important in, in vidya is that I am going to continue to grow through practice. So through conscious application of skills and through work. So Vidya is actually the practice of accumulation of knowledge. It's the choice I'm making. I'm going to continue to take in input from any number of sources. I'm going to consider it, I'm going to discern, and I'm going to apply where necessary. I'm in a state of Vidya. Conversely, Avidya, Avidya is 
the conscious choice to remain in ignorance. So it is a fundamental denial of reality, of the mm. real experience. So you've been presented with a piece of knowledge, and the piece of knowledge doesn't matter. It's that I am refusing to entertain it or consider it or look at it. So these practices, vidya and avidya, are, is not just knowledge. It's not just the pile and basket of knowledge that I've gained. It's the choice to embody it and embrace it and consider it and turn it over in your mind and engage with it. Mm-hmm. Because it's a practice. Mm-hmm. Everything is a practice. It's not just a thing. So if you're looking, if you're like, oh, I want to be more wise or I want to know more, it's your 90% of it is the choice to do it mm-hmm. versus like ignoring the piece of information you got. Okay, so this is a real hot take, and I hope it doesn't yes. derail us too much, but I'm reading The Body Keeps the Score, which, yes. by the way, if, if you are able to read nonfiction and that interests you, it's absolutely worth the time. But it, it basically says that if you've been traumatized, if you've had trauma, you will continue to repeat a pattern not because you know, but because your brain has been reprogrammed, reset yes. to do the thing. And I think of the people that he's writing about specifically who have either been, you know, sent to a facility or have sought help themselves, even though they are, they are physically incapable of currently making a different choice, the seeking of help to me is the video, right? Because they're, they're literally living in, I don't know what the word for inactive ignorance is, but they're in a video of, you know, this circumstance is quite literally bringing harm to me, causing harm to my body, but I am going to do whatever it takes to figure out how to get out of it, even though my brain is telling me, keep doing it, keep doing it. Does that, yeah, absolutely. A a very gross example. No, it's literally, it's true. So you can actually be a very wise person with a very small handful of facts. We have become so tied into this idea that the accumulation of facts and hacks and more information is the goal to wisdom. Mm -hmm. That's not actually the truth. The truth is you need the right wisdom at the right time and it needs to be lived. Mm -hmm. So it's taking in knowledge, assessing it and applying it skillfully, right? That whole idea that yoga in its simplest form is skill in action. That is very tied into this idea of vidya Nvidia. It's because it's the skillful application. It's the willingness to try. It's the opportunity to say, I have more things and experiences that are coming in. Where do these fit in these like five truths that I know? Or if you're a Buddhist, the four noble truths or if, like the four agreements, they could all be really be thought of as mechanisms to apply and live your Vidya, mm-hmm. right? Or like if you, Patanjali's Yamas and Niyamas or you know, there's a whole there's a whole list, the Ten Commandments. The point is the wisdom happens when you're engaging and applying with the set of information that you know to be true. Like for me, it's like I know that I am divine. Is this piece of information allowing me to go deeper within that knowledge of my divinity, or am I using it and ignoring the reality of that experience yes. to yes. deny my own divinity? That's the application of Vidya and Avidya. And like in the Shiva Sutras, they the second Shiva Sutra is Janam Bandha, and that's limited knowledge is bondage. 
And it's the limitation of knowledge, the refusal to see, the practice of ignorance, the practice of ignorance that is actually the bondage. It's not not knowing. Like, like who was it? Maya Angelou was like, you do the best you can with what you, got. With what you know. And when you know better, better you, you do, do better. better. Absolutely. That is vidya. Right. Right? You're not punishing yourself or limiting your awareness for things you literally don't know. You're saying, I'm going to do the very best with the set of information and knowledge and wisdom that I have, and I'm going to allow space for it to evolve. That's vidya. Avidya is just like, I'm just not going to do this. I believe what I believe is true, and nobody's going to change my mind, and nothing's going to change it, blah, blah, blah. That's avidya. That's, it, they're both conscious choices. They're, they're active skills you are practicing. Avidya also feels a lot like um, attachment and um, like, well, it feels a lot like attachment, right? Like a lot of times we will choose, actively participate in avidya because we want a desired end result. Yes, absolutely. And we're unwilling to move through, okay, perhaps it's not going to happen that way or perhaps it's not going to be the way I thought it was going to be. And so avidya... I think in our consumer culture tends to be the thing that we do in pursuit of money or power or like lower energies, you know, not to sound like really woo woo, but I think a lot of times that's where that comes out of. It's a, it's almost a survival mechanism and being NVIDIA is my current viewpoint of yoga is that it is a practice of thriving. Yes. It is, it is us making the conscious choice that I'm no longer going to be a primitive being. Mm-hmm. I am going to evolve my consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so avidya is, I would say in my lived experience, the choice to stay in survival mode mm-hmm. because you're grasping, yes. you're attaching versus Vidya is the choice to grow, yeah. is the choice to evolve. And that's scarier, but also much more empowering because avidya ultimately always leads into bondage. If we look at like, yeah. oh, you, yeah. you do something, if you know something's a lie, but you do it anyway, mm-hmm. that fucker always catches up with you. Or you know, <laughs> or you know your, you, what you're doing is not serving your true, your true nature, your true svarupa, and it's not in service to your bhav, which is really important then those acts are in avidya. Yeah. Like a practice, like now I'm going to get like real personal, but my therapist is, and I have talked a lot about lately the trying to get back into the body, which is like a struggle that's been like what my personal one for a very long time um, is a general rule. And I don't think I'm alone. I think our society teaches us a lot of forms of body shaming and body disembodiment, especially as women, Um, or people not of a more masculine gender identity, or even sometimes in that too. So for me, it got really clear when I was looking through the work on Vidya and Avidya, there is an an open, open hearted trepidation you feel when you're expanding consciously and that lives in your heart. Mm -hmm. Literally, I feel it across my chest. And when I'm holding on to an idea that is not rooted in my svarupa, my true identity of self, it's much lower and it's in my belly and it's tight. Yes. Right? So like there, you can start to listen to, if you say something or speak to your reflection is a really great way to feel this, right? <laughs> I look like a piece of shit today. That feeling is very different. Or like, man, I'm not having a super great hair day, but I'm doing my best. Those are completely different uh-huh. embodied feelings. Yes. 
And so I think if you're really struggling with like, well, how do I know I'm in Vidya or not a Vidya or whatever? Because the words sound the same when you say them on the podcast, Jenna. Like, <laughs> like the point is, is start looking at the things, the sensory input or the words or whatever the pieces of knowledge are. Because knowledge is that simple. It's sensory input. Take the knowledge that you're taking in. Listen to how you respond to the knowledge and where does your body feel it? Because that is how you kind of can start to know. And then as you become more subtle and more um, clear or more grounded, I think then you can hear it and then you can start to speak it and say it. So there's like this element of assessment starting with the body of the responses you're having to the world around you. Because all of that is an opportunity to practice vidya practice wisdom and knowledge through practice um but you actually have to like listen 